Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom. I'm your host, Jimmy Warden. Uh, today, I'm just going to be talking to you about some thoughts that I had, um, kind of like a walking meditation. I went for a walk a couple weeks ago in the woods and just thought of some things and tried to piece them together um, just recently. And so I'm just going to share some of the thoughts that I had from my walk. And hopefully some of these ideas resonate with you and help make your thought process during your day in day out life uh, a little bit more rich so sit back relax and enjoy so something that i started thinking about was how there's two sides to every story and our interpretation of those stories determine who is right so what i mean is that either side in a story can be right based on the proper combination of information that's compiled, as well as the person's persuasiveness. Uh, Again, tying it back to that idea of how we interpret that uh, determines whether or not we think that that person or people are right, because it ties in with the story that we're telling ourselves inside of our head. So somebody will, will present an argument or they might tell a story And then we kind of create our own stories in our head as a way to interpret what they're saying. And oftentimes we think about some of the questions either consciously or or unconsciously when this person is telling a story, we think, does this story connect to our core beliefs? And if so, we often agree with it. And that's kind of when we take sides in an argument. So if a certain side of an argument connects with our core beliefs, oftentimes we'll gravitate towards it because that information that we're perceiving projects a certain image that we agree with and perhaps we might even be trying to emulate it. Again, we might be doing it purposefully or unpurposefully. And there are also personality traits that get embedded in that information And the people presenting it also project an image of an ideal that we would like to fulfill. So we, again, are thinking of, is this person who's presenting this information, do those personality traits that they're discussing, do those correlate with who it is that we want to be and the type of people that we want to interact with? And a big reason why we do this is because it helps us feel anchored in life amidst uncertainty, especially if there are some really deep topics that we're not really sure how to navigate. We often go back to our our beliefs, our core beliefs, um, and we often do this unconsciously. Uh, And this is where beliefs manifest, which is the scary part. Uh, because when we're processing information unconsciously, we're, we're not thinking about it, hence the term unconscious. <clears throat> and so even just if you're having a hard time understanding that term, I mean, just even think about your day right now. Just think about what you do each day. Kind of go through when you wake up to the time you go to bed and think about all the events in between. How much of that are you conscious and genuinely aware of what you're doing. Chances are probably not a whole lot just because most of our operations, you know, when we just are functioning, the way we function, most of it is unconscious because 
if it were to be something conscious that we're doing all the time, we would eventually, well, not eventually, but we would quickly tax ourselves both mentally and physically because we're literally thinking about everything as we're doing it. Um, so again, going back to the unconscious idea, you know, we do a lot of things unconsciously, um, and we only become conscious of what's going on when things aren't really going well. So going back to that idea that we were talking about earlier about two sides to a story, if the story, if we don't necessarily agree with that story, that's not necessarily going well. That story is not playing out in our own narratives and our own minds the way that we want it to. So we're not going to take that person's side and yet we're hyper-conscious of that because it's not going the way that we want it to be. Uh, but when things are good and when all that, all the, the sides of the stories, like if, we're, if we have a certain side of the story that we've already put our place on, that we, we're going to decide to that's going to be our place, when that's going well and things are going as planned, we don't have to change anything. And if we don't have to change anything, we're not necessarily conscious of it. And so this is why when things are going wrong, we're so hyper aware of it because it's not matching that blueprint of what we want our life to be or what side we want to be on uh, as far as a certain dynamic goes, a certain argument goes. And so this is where our core values come back into play because when we're in disarray, we often try to go back to those core values so that we can create a little bit of order in our lives. And because we, we're going from a place of disarray and we're kind of off the beaten path. And so we need something to get us back onto that path. Um, and that's where, again, our core values come into play because we need to know when we're lost and we need to find our way out of the woods, especially now because we're starting to have some really courageous conversations is what I like to call them, given the state of what's been going on lately. And we're trying to do our best to look at some of those unconscious thoughts or unconscious behaviors or unconscious bias that we might have. Because again, we're, we're trying to take that because we need to bring it to the forefront so that we can actually start becoming conscious and thinking about it because when it's unconscious we're not we're just going about it and we don't have an awareness of it and it's really going to take a conscious effort for us to have some of these productive conversations and we really need to be listening we need to listen to the words we need to listen to the stories we need to listen to the emotions and so that we can ha and that's so that we can have a better idea of where that person or those people are coming from and it's productive it, that's what we call that's what i like to try to call productive conversation because a mutual ground is trying to be created even though there again there's always two sides to every story there's always going to be some mutual ground somewhere as long as you're being productive in that conversation. And it's not a fight. It's, it's not a fight. And that's where 
again, going back to who's right and who's wrong, that's what creates a lot of that divisiveness between ourselves, between others, between groups of people, between society. And when conversations become fights, it's not good because people get defensive and they literally go into a fight or flight mode in their brain to defend their argument. And as a result, they're often speaking from their unconscious mind because they're so emotionally charged. And it's all right to disagree, but there needs to be an understanding of where the individual or individuals that are speaking are coming from. And this is why introspection is so important as well, because we need to wake up to what we're saying and doing. Because again, far too often, like I said before, we're, we're on a metaphor, almost like we're on a metaphorical autopilot. So then we need to think, is this autopilot way of living actually benefiting me or the people around me? And if the answer is no, then we need to reevaluate some of those thoughts that we're thinking and the actions we're partaking in. We need to start actually thinking about it and, and analyzing why it, may, why it may not be helping. And this is why self-care is also so important. Um, but part of self-care is introspection because... In order to take care of yourself, you need to know what it is that you need to do a better job at taking care. So, for example, if you're, if you're finding yourself not feeling well, your stomach's hurting, you're having headaches, perhaps it's, it's your consumption of food or lack of consumption of water. Those could be some of the, some of the items that you're falling short on. Uh, that's just a quick example, but... If you don't have that introspection part down and you're not actually t- taking taking an effort into looking inside of yourself, you're not going to be able to then make that decision that you need to change some of the things you're doing in order to take care of yourself a little bit better. No, it's not easy to, to analyze yourself and nor is it necessarily fun. But it is necessary if we're striving for improvement and especially if we're striving to understand each other and the reason being is that some of these conversations that we're having and the fact that we're trying if we're really trying to change ourselves because that's where it all starts before we can before we can do anything on a grand scale we need to really make sure that we can we can change the most important person in our lives, which actually is ourselves, because we're the only person that we can control at the end of the day, our individual self. That's the only person we can ever control. And the more that we engage in meaningful tasks, the more that some of these positive neurotransmitters that we need released in our body, such as serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin and endorphins, these all result in feeling better physically and emotionally. And there's a lot more science to it. I'm not going to get into that because I'm still learning about all of that. But those four, those four components, those four chemicals of serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and endorphins really help, really help shape whether or not we're doing well physically and emotionally. Now, if we're doing and saying things that are putting us into a state of cata- in a, into a state of catastrophe, we need to start 
taking on some of those introspective strategies. You know, we need to start looking into ourselves and asking ourselves questions. And I've actually started to do this almost in, well, started to do this actually in the second person. Instead of saying, what could I do differently? We need to start trying to say, what could you do differently? That way it's coming from a different place. Because if we just ask ourselves, what do I need to do differently? Then our ego gets attached to it. And immediately our ego our conscious mind, our thinking mind is always just telling us, you need to do this, you need to do that. Whereas if we speak to ourselves in the second person, it's like we're speaking outside of ourselves, into ourselves. The information that comes from asking those types of questions is coming from a place that is a lot deeper than merely that conscious mind because we didn't necessarily create that thought with thinking. Rather, it came from within. So if I if I were to ask if I were to sit down and ask myself a question, I might say to myself, what do you need to do differently tomorrow than you did today? And when that happens, answers usually just come to the surface. It's not like they've been thought of before. They just manifest themselves and they just almost like they appear out of nowhere. And not that I necessarily thought about that and because a lot of times we'll even have ideas that come to the surface that we've never thought of before or maybe we did but we repressed that idea. These are actually coming from our unconscious mind versus our, our thinking mind and the things that we're always thinking about on a daily basis. And so, again, going back to the fact that everything is everything that we do is pretty much unconscious, you know, if we have several things about us that are negative, you know, whether they're behaviors, thoughts, or emotions that we actually aren't aware of, it's not very good because we'll continue to face the same problems and make the same mistakes each day. And soon enough, we'll fall into that metaphorical pit. And when we ask ourselves, how did we get there? The answer is because we were unconscious to the thoughts and behaviors that put us there. We weren't aware of the things that made us fall into the pit. And that's why it's important to think about and articulate who it is that we want to be. That's why it's important to analyze ourselves. And that's why it's important to, again, really have some time to engage in introspection. Because at first... And, and it's going to be tough because at first we'll have to be hyper-conscious because we're trying new things. It's going to require some effort. We're going to have to think about what we're doing. We're going to have to think about what we're thinking. We're going to have to think about what we're saying. Reason being is that a lot of those changes that we're making are not yet habituated. So we need to create those habits through engagement. It is a long process because of that mis because there's a misconception out there, and I'm going to try to clear this up. That habits can be made or broken in 21 days, and to be honest, that's that's more or less false. Uh, psych- there's a psychologist, Wendy Wood, who's a leading researcher on habits, who has said that habits can be made or broken anywhere between a month or two months, more upwards of two, mainly due to the fact, again, that habits are more or less unconscious. These are things that we don't really think about, we just do, such as driving, making coffee, maybe even your personality likes to have a drink with dinner, whatever it might be. You don't think about it, you just do it. 
And so again, this is why we need to think about the things that we do every day, especially the ones that we don't think about while we're doing them. I'm going to say that again. We need to think about the things that we do every day, especially the ones we don't think about while we're doing them. We need to make decisions on whether they're providing value to our life or taking value away. And this is the act of treating ourselves like we're someone that we're responsible for helping. We're engaging in meaningful activities that we know we should be doing. Once that engagement becomes habitual is when we can start making headway into this, this concept of what's right and what's wrong because we'll be more susceptible to examine our unconscious biases amidst someone detailing an argument. We'll start to examine them first because these biases that we have often help to spin the narratives in our heads when we're hearing an argument and we're trying to determine whether or not we agree with it. So oftentimes we'll ask ourselves, is this person knowledgeable? Is their information reliable? Do I share in these ideas? Are they connected to my core values? These are the questions that are being asked, but oftentimes they speak to us in the forms of this person does or doesn't know what they're talking about. That source is valid or invalid. This person has some good or bad ideas. This person shares or doesn't share my values. Which, again, brings me back to that first idea from the very beginning. And this is why anyone can be right in an argument. Because at the end of the day, it's really all based on who and what you want to believe. Which is why it's extremely important to think critically about ourselves, what we want to believe, and who we want to be. Because it all starts there. And so I highly encourage people to continue to work on ourselves. That way we can try to start to understand others as well. Because we're all similar in the fact that we're all human. And we all have flaws. We all have bias. Especially the unconscious bias. We have unconscious habits. So let's look inside of ourselves so that we can be a better version of ourselves that way we can be a better version of ourselves when we engage with others in order to try to make progress towards a better life better community better society thank you <laughs>